0: Hello everyone, nice to meet you all. Uh, thank you so much for being here today and for taking the time uh, to come to see my presentation. Very grateful to be here at South by Southwest for the second time. And I'm very excited to present you today um, and talk through storytelling for code credibility and Web 3.0. Let's start. Um, I know here at South by Southwest, uh, all we have been hearing and seeing across so many talks that I'm sure you all have been attending as well, That's it's all about the future, right? It's all about what are the new technologies, the new creative, what are the innovation that is around the corner for us. But before we talk about the future, I would love to talk a little, quick connection to the past. I was born in Brazil, any Brazilian here today? Okay, amazing, thank you for being here, uh, representing Brazil, right? (laughs) Uh, So I was born in 1980, and in Brazil. At the time, the way we engage with brands were very different to the way we engage with brands today, right? So the way brands used to do advertising was completely different. It was through magazines, newspapers, radio, TV. We didn't have internet. And to access global brands, especially from where I am from, Brazil, was not as easy, right? Because to access global brands, I would have only one option, travel abroad to US and to Europe. So I have a lot of memories of brands and products and message of that time of my generation that really touched and empowered the way I start seeing communication and the way I used to engage with brands. That doesn't mean that having access to global brands was a challenge at my generation, that brands could not engage and impact their consumers. So one of the brands I'm sure you guys get it what I'm talking about now. Nike was a brand that I have found memories when I was living in Brazil at my generator in the 80s that as a global brand that I really wanted to actually have access. But to access Nike at the time was pretty much impossible. I know it sounds crazy to say that today, because Nike is pretty much available every, everywhere in the world and through internet as well. But at my decade, it was very, very challenged to actually access a pair of Nike shoes. And I remember that every time a friend of mine would say, I'm traveling to US, or I'm traveling to Europe, the first thing I would say is like, can you bring me a pair of Nike, please? But the main obsession with Nike, as I started growing up and understand the value of a message of a, a, brand, a product and a brand, was not just the product, but was actually the message, the slogan of Nike that was just do it. And that message of Nike has resonated to me until today. Everything I do and everything I wanted to do and all the challenges that I face, every time that I feel like I cannot do it, I always go back to Nike of empowering consumer to just do it. As an entrepreneur, I am from Brazil, as I said. I moved to London 20 years ago without speaking one word in English. Today I have my business, where I started in a coffee shop five years ago, and we have an office in London, in New York. And every time I think of a phrase or something that has empowered me, I think of a brand of Nike that constantly was pushing consumers beyond the product, but empowering consumers to just do it. So a clear message story that has impacted in my journey. Now, let's go back to the future. By the way, this is my son, Antonio. He's eight years old, and he's obsessed with basketball and football. I took Antonio to New York for the first time this year. He always had a dream to go to New York. And finally, I managed to do that trip with him beginning of this year. And as we got to New York, I said to Antonio, what do you want to do tomorrow as your first day? And he said to me, I wanted to go to Nike store in Soho. And I was just like, wow, there are so many amazing things to do in New York. You want me to take to Nike Soho? Like, Like, no. And he said, yes, please. That's my dream. And I was just like, but why do you want to go to that specific store at Nike at Soho? And he said it to me, because I wanted to have the same experience that I'm having virtually with Nike. But I wanted to have that experience in real life. And I was like, but what experience that you're having with Nike virtually that I'm not aware of? He said, there is a, a virtual experience with Nike where you can play basketball, and you can select your avatar or you can be yourself. And on the fourth floor of the Nike store in Seoul, you can have the same experience because there's a floor that calls Jordan's floor, as you guys know, a very well-known basketball player, that there is a court that you can play basketball with one of the former trainers of Jordan. But mom, you have to do a membership of Nike, otherwise I'm not gonna be able to play. And I was just like, wow. So here we go, we went to the next store and he actually had the most amazing experience. And as we are getting into Nike, he just looked at me and said, let's go to the fourth floor and let's just do it. And I would look at him and I was just like, what did you say? Yes, let's just do it. And I was just like, how did you know that slogan of Nike? Yes, mom, with Nike, everything is possible. You just have to go and do it. And that for me was when I was thinking about the theme of my presentation is where every dot connected for me, because we're having the same storytelling that I was impacted going through generations. And what Nike is doing, they're creating a seamless experience virtually and in real life. Why I'm giving you this example? Because more than ever, consumers, they wanted to experience content. We as humans, we just don't want to consume content online. We wanted to experience content. And the most important thing of nowadays, especially after what we have been through, COVID, it's just not only about the product, it's how about the brand and the product connected to our lives, with our passions, with our rubs, with our dreams. So Antonio's example is a clear example of a seamless experience offline and online that was not just about the product, it was about the experiences, it was about him going and playing basketball, which is a passion of him. There was a context of the brand within a passion of him. And for this generation, Generation Genzeer, and the generation of my sons to come, they don't see any boundaries between what is real life and what is actually digital space. Storytelling here definitely is just going through generations to generation, but with a purpose. That's the example of Nike that I want to uh, linked to the need of consumer to experience content today. And why that? Humans, we are valuing a lot more in real life experience. And again, making the link with all we have been through, COVID, right? So for two years, we were at home, we could not see people, we experienced only virtual activities, lives, and now we are out of cave, thank God, But now, we wanted more and more to have that sense of presence. We wanted more and more to have experience in real life. However, what's important to say is that consumers, and we as a human, we are looking to experience, but we wanted to have a connection on what we are seeing online to what we are seeing offline. And why we are craving that? Because we have that sense of belong. We really wanted to belong to something. And that's the shift of the consumer behavior right now, is the connection between the sense of presence, sense of belong, and the consistent that they will have that experience between online and offline. 85% of people wanted to have a physical experience with a brand, and that means that the brick and mortar space are very valuable now. But the way we create the experience has changed. But maybe you're here and you're thinking, wait a second, I'm not Nike. How am I going to create that powerful, impactful experience between virtual and offline? It requires a lot of budget, how am I going to do that? But then is when I come to you and say, it's not about what we can do in terms of creating a big experience online offline, it's about your storytelling is about how we're gonna create a story that it's impactful. And is it it possible to achieve seamless experience and powerful experience by just creating a message that go across different space? So the goal here is to create a strong connection with people's lives, what people are, the context of their culture, and making sure that you're creating a storytelling that actually matter to your consumer that they can feel relevant to their day-to-day life. And very important is making sure that the product is not the center of the message that you're putting forward. The, The product is just part of the context of your storytelling. Impact with relevance, it's how we are seeing the immersive, the virtual experience, all this experience on gaming that we are enjoying and understand more and more, why people are engaging to that? Because they feel that they have been with a personal association to that. It's not just about the experience, but they are creating personal associations. And to link that powerful message with experience, I brought a few examples for, for us here today that is not just about Nike, and there are so many possibilities that you can create other associations that beyond product. Flannels is a department store in London at Oxford Street. If you've been in London, you know that Oxford Street is a very busy and one of the most famous uh, shop streets in London. So, Flannel, Flannels, they open a new shop at the corner of one of the busy streets in London, which Oxford Street as I said, and they create this hybrid experience across their shopping window. And they're all interactive window and they change every single week. And everyone can have access. It's for the mass market. So it's an interaction with every week they have Singers on the window, they have painters, they have artists. And the most important, they are, doing, they are creating this storytelling across their shopping window with a context on a social cultural element within the London landscape. Of course, the product is inside the shop. But as soon as you get inside the shop, you not just seeing products, but you continue to have that experience. That's the great example of a brand creating virtual experience, getting into that immersive space, but not related the product as the forefront of what they're doing, but linking a context of the storytelling of how Flannels wants to impact a cultural relevance to the market of United Kingdom. Another example that I've, I'm so obsessed about this case study and about this brand, So Missing Person Perfume by Fleur another great example of a brand that connects the same storytelling across offline, online, community, and storytelling. So I'm not sure you all know about this uh, brand Missing Person Perfume. So it was founded and created by an influencer called Criselle Lin. So Criselle went through a breakup with her husband. And throughout that process of grief, she decided to create a perfume that was not about the product, but about the scent that she wanted to create to be a symbolic memory of a true love that she had with her husband. She wanted to create a feeling. She wanted to create a memory. She didn't want to create a product. The whole idea was getting the scent and smell someone that you loved. And the scent will touch your skin differently to each individual. So she was not selling, and she's not selling a product. She's selling a feeling, and she's doing that through a strong storytelling that's related to her personal story. There's an influencer called Michaela Nogueira, that she was so intrigued about this perfume that she created a video because she really wants to do real and live to understand, okay, let me see if that's true, if that smell of that scent will actually bringing me memories. So she created this video on TikTok that went viral, and in five hours, the perfume was sold out. And if you go to TikTok today, hashtag flirt, you're gonna see a lot of UGC content that they are not talking about the product, they are talking about how the scent make them feel. We have the video here to show you.
1: Best way to describe it is it smells like the feeling of being in love and it's very familiar.
2: Okay, you said this perfume smells like being in love. I immediately bought it when you said that because if I smell this and I don't feel in love, am I actually in love? (laughs) Okay, jokes aside, this scent is by Fleur, it's called Missin' Person, and it's supposed to smell like a familiar scent, like someone you would miss. The first note is Skin Musk. Such a beautiful, simple bottle, I really like it. Okay, I'm ready, here we go. Well, (laughs) bro. That is fucking crazy. Bro, perfume is so fucking powerful. I don't know how to explain this, but it... It smells like a person that you love and you miss. Oh my God, I'm gonna cry. This is incredibly well done.
0: Oh my God, I love it. It's not that amazing. I just like, you have to check it out, that you just see on TikTok. They don't talk about the product, they talk about the feeling. Another example here that's related to uh, our agents, MD power, because I really wanted to create and bring those case studies that is not just related to a brand or to a product or to a service, but how there are so many ways and formats that can support brands to develop storytelling with impact across different space and create that meaningful to establish connection with your consumer. Lately this year, uh, you know, if you work in an agency or if you know the day-to-day life of an agency, we are pitching and presenting strategies pretty much every single week. We decided to create a metaverse space to present the strategy for one of our clients because we wanted to establish a connection with that client beyond the strategy itself that we are presenting. We wanted to create a cultural impact and also engaging with them on new possibilities of what we could do for their brand without necessarily have to sell. We create a space that they could also navigate about to see our case studies, our values, and also having this space for them to access anytime they wanted to and share within their business. So, and why we did that? because we wanted to get that connection with our clients and providing them ways and formats that they can engage with their consumer in itself. Well, giving three examples here, they are very different one to another, flannels, the floor, and also an agency present and a strategy in a different format and metaverse. But cultural relevance for brand is what aligns the different cultural aspects of lives and shapes of consumers and us as a humans, as I said. But in order for you to get an impact when you go to different space, you have to make your storytelling to matter. So here we have a stat that over 25% of product usage decision are driven by cultural relevance. Why cultural relevance? Because cultural relevance, they bring more genuine connection with your consumer. Cultural relevance is in essence today, nowadays, and everything we do when it comes to communication to develop collection and a relationship that will last. There is a great example of Dove and Real Beauty. So I'm sure you guys you know, have been following the Real Beauty hashtag for Dove, it's been about three years now. And Dove is a great example of how they're typing a culture relevant to actually being part of social cause and talk about you know that industry of beauty in a different way that we all can be beautiful and Dove is doing that brilliant. When we say that consumer preferred brands that are culture relevant, the question that we have also always from our clients is okay, but how do I become a brand culture relevant. How do I do that? We need to think that communities, they are like-minded group of people that share same interests, share same values, share same passions. And the communities, they are having the power nowadays to actually drive the cultural impact. When we think about the movements like Black Lives Matter, the he-for-she movements that all were driven by community. Reddit, I don't know if everyone use Reddit, but Reddit is a great example of a platform that's driving community. They have now 100,000 community within the platform. Every community you can ever think about it, you can go to Reddit and then you can interact We you can share thoughts, we can ask questions, community I driving the cultural impact. They are more powerful than ever. And the key here to engage with communities and to become a brand with a cultural relevance, is to understand how to talk through community, not to talk to communities. When we talk culture, as I said, we talk communities. Here you can see a chart that you can understand how this has been evolved throughout the time. We had the mass media, we have the personalization, and now we have the community. And the challenge is how to impact their community, their lives, through your brand cultural relevance, through your storytelling that we're gonna create that has to matter. You have to build the stories with relevance. Think of the community as a not homogenous, as a singular community, they're plural. And I think that is the most important Thing for us to reflect on community, they are not a single person. They are plural. And brands, in order to be part of those community, you have to engage conversations that you're gonna understand their needs, understand how you can impact their lives and habits, and drive stories on the plurality of the communities, not thinking that they are only one person. This is a great quote that says, around the globe, from Ron Christian, from PepsiCo, around the globe, we see consumers are becoming omniculture, their passion united then and again, with like-minded people around the world. So, how to think about community, as I said, meaning. And doing that we're entering to the community economy. What is community economy? Communities, as I said, they are powerful driving change and we need to think about community with meaning. Content, strategy, ideas, creative. You need to put community as part of your overall strategy. You need to be able to understand how to talk through them. You cannot any longer create a strategy or think about your product or brand and not considering how you're gonna engage those community. Otherwise, you're not gonna have any impact. So 9 percent of marketers believe online community have a significant impact on their business, 92% is a very high percentage of how brands are seeing the impact of communities into their brands. Well, how can brands navigate the community economy? First, as I said, understand that communities, they are fragmented. Communities, they are not just one, they are plural. So real cultural impact nowadays, In order for you to actually get into these fragmented communities and different identities, and we're talking about avatar, we're going to talk about avatars on Web 3.0, you have to create stories that matter and really understand each community and how your brand can create a culture relevant message and a powerful storytelling. So to create bond with that community, And the example of Fleur, is clear how the brand managed to create a bond with the community, that the community is talking about their brand, about the feeling, about the memories, without having to make much effort because they create a message with impact that's actually engaged people to share their feelings. Generate conversations beyond your product is the key. Then, of course, we'll talk about data. Data... You have to use data, but not to sell. You have to use data to help you to identify this fragmentation of your communities. So data will help you to access individual layers of your community. And doing that, you will be able to create content that can be personalized to individuals within a plural of a community. I have a great example here that's personal to me. You can see this, if you're Brazilian you know this is a Brazilian papaya. So, I am obsessed about Brazilian papaya. And in London, it's very difficult to find it. One of the few locations that I can find my you know, favorite Brazilian papaya is in a supermarket called Waitrose. So if you know London, you probably know Waitrose. But every time I try to buy Brazilian papaya, the majority of the time it's sold out. And I get super frustrated, I email Waitrose say. Where is my Brazilian papaya and when they are back in the stock, I buy 10 to make sure I'm going to have you know, my papaya for at least two weeks. And since last year, they really understood my data based on my needs based on what I buy. So every time the papaya is back, I got a text message saying, hi, Mara, hope you're well. I have a great news for you, your Brazilian papaya is back in stock. Please make sure you go to the app and add your papaya into your wish list. But in any case, we already put for you in the basket too, to make sure that you're going to have your Brazilian papaya. So they are using data to understand their community, but also going to layer of the individual, which is myself, to understand my needs, what I buy, what I like. And making sure that they're telling me when it's back, what I love the most. So this is how we can smart use data to really go into that layers of understand the individuals within your community and create a personal, personal approach to them. And of course, how to navigate the community economy, influencer marketing. So influencer marketing, good news, bad news, is not going anywhere. <laughs> So I, it's this, this question I always get from, like, from clients, from journalists. Is influencer marketing dying? Is influencer marketing will you no know, longer be relevant for brands? I'm sorry to say, influencer marketing is not going anywhere. So influencer marketing is expecting to be billion billion this year. Influencers, they are the bridge between the brand and community. So if you want to access the community, you need the influencer. They are the bridge. They really know how to communicate with their community. Because their community are part of their, only, their own ecosystem. They really know how to talk to them. They really know how do, what they like. How do they engage with the stories? So we need influencers to do that bridge between the brand and the community. And I'm sure all of you that is you know, involved in the industry of the digital marketing, micro influencers they are leading the way of the community economy on actually engage deeply with communities. And they are just doing that, not just engaging with conversation, but they are driving leading the way when it comes to conversion. We need to pay attention because micro will continue to grow, and really change the game of influencer marketing. So we talk about community economy, but how the storytelling, Will actually impact a storytelling and the community. What is the connection when we talk about community economy and the storytelling? Because I said that we need to make a, con- a story that impacts. We talk about the fragmentation of communities nowadays. I said that communities are not single, they are plural. But then, so how to get into it? What's the power? of storytelling when it comes to community economy. And I can say to you that it won't be about creating stories. It will be about co-creating stories. Co-creation is the answer of how you can create powerful and impactful storytelling to talk through communities and not to communities. Co-create ideas, co-create a strategy, co-create products, co-create a service, co-create anything with community. That's the power when you work with influencer because they can help you to do that bridge between brands and community. Co-creation will allow your brand to be relevant to your own story, to your own message. Co-creation will help your brand to intersect different cultures and will help you to create meaningful and impact and to go through your community that you want to engage with. Talking about co-creation, I could not come here without talking about a co-creation product launch that we did last year. We worked with the actress Naomi Watts. I'm sure you guys all know Naomi. And Naomi had this idea of creating a brand called Stripes to support women that were going through menopause and pre-menopause. But she didn't want to create a... Product. She wanted to create a brand that could help women to break all the taboos around menopause and premenopause. She really wanted to make an impact. She really wants women to talk through it without being any shamed. And discussing with her, we said, why we don't co-create Stripes? Why we don't bring together communities, influencers, specialists in an immersive experience where we can all be together for a few days and talk live with community, listen to those women and understand why menopause and premenopause is still so difficult and such a taboo subject to still nowadays to be talked through communities. And that's what we did. We did an incredible three, four days experience where we invited influencers, specialists, and of course members of the brand, uh, Stripes and Naomi itself, where we engage real time through social media to understand communities and understand, like, if you wanted to come in the market with a new brand for menopause, what we wanted to see. And this is the result. What have we been told about
1: menopause? Short answer, a bunch of bullshit. But what is menopause really? It's just a natural phase of life that half the population will experience firsthand, and a hundred percent of the population will feel the effects of. It's not a boogeyman to be feared, or a shameful tale to be whispered about in hushed tones. It is, in fact, simply a part of life. But by treating it like something that can't be treated, we've left millions upon millions of people uncared for, unheard uncomfortable, and unable to cope. People hear menopause and think, oh fuck, but you know what, fuck that. What if we tell the truth about what menopause is and what it looks like? What if we created a community where people can talk about it out loud and without hesitation? What if the vagina isn't the problem, but rather the problem solver? What if our bodies, plants, and clean science held all the answers? What if we created a menopause institute? What if we loved aging and, more importantly, loved on the people who've aged? What if we completely changed the way we all, each and every one of us, interacts with menopause? What if menopause stopped being seen as the end of life, but rather a celebration of all the life we've lived? You've made it this far. You're ready.
0: Let's go. And then, probably you're asking, does co-creation work? <clears throat> yes, it does. We launched Stripe last year in October, and since then we're seeing outstanding results. We open conversations. There's so many communities that Stripes were able to create, and Stripe empowered women to talk about it. We encourage, through the launch of Stripes, to get communities to feel that it's okay to talk about menopause. So let's help each other, let's hear to each other. So influencers were the catalyst of this process because inviting them to the process, we will be able to actually get into their communities, listen to their communities. And the most incredible thing about it, if you think in the past, when you're creating a brand, creating a product, a service, It will probably take a year, six months, to actually develop thinking, do research, invest a lot of budget. In this case, in four days, we create a brand, we create products, we establish a messaging, we establish a a communication, and we establish a strategy to go to market. So that's the future of how the cultural community will create impactful storytelling is through co-creations. But then, we add a little bit more complexity in all this ecosystem. So how the community will be the center of the Web 3.0. So if we're going to build cultural credibility in order to access community, that's all about Web 3.0. Web 3.0 is all about decentralized and Web 2 is all about centralizing, Web 3.0 is all about decentralizing the whole process. So Web 3.0 is created by community. If you think about blockchain, metaverse, NFT, it's all led and driven by community. Communities are behind of all of that. Web 3.0 product cycle will be 360, that we active community to share their values, to engage, to create. And communities that we see on the web, too, that has big communities like Reddit, Facebook, Pinterest, today we depend on third-party social media platform to actually engage with community. With Web 3.0, what we're going to be seeing is this decentralization, where we're not going to have an intermediate between community and brand, we'll be able to talk directly with the community. The Web 3.0 will encourage inclusion in so many different spaces, and that is very exciting about Web 3.0. But then, when it comes to data, Web 3.0 has always been, you know, especially here during South by Southwest, everyone is saying that Web 3.0 is actually the data web. Of course, because all technology around Web 3.0 has been driven by data. But not just the community will be decentralized, but data as well will be decentralized. So we will have much more ownership of our own data, where Web 2, our data is stored by Google, Facebook, and the Web 3.0, we're gonna have that ownership back of data of ourself. And what's the challenge for brands? They will need to revisit the way they use data, collect data, analyze data, in their strategies, in the way they plan their brand, their product launch. It's all about when it comes to community and data is the decentralization that Web 3.0, we actually had an impact in everyone's life. But how to create that cultural impact in Web 3.0? First of all, establish presence. If you think about community, data, Statista is a you know a very well-known media platform. Say, 80% of brands plan to spend almost 30% of their budget on Web 3.0 initiatives in 2023. So this is a huge fact and a huge indication that brands are ready of getting into the space, understand. But the most important thing is, in order for you to get into this space, you need to think, what's the value proposition that you're going to offer to your consumer before you go to that space? It's all about test and learn. It's all about understanding what your consumers are looking into, navigate, and engage with a brand within this space. You have to educate your teams, and you have to educate our consumers, because to navigate to Web 3.0 is still a very difficult things for all of us as humans to understand. How do I do blockchain? How do I do NFT? How do we engage on metaverse? But it's all about test and learn and educate it. Educate your customers, educate your team, make decisions quick, and if you do mistake, is that okay? But the most important thing is start establishing presence into this Web 3.0. And build the narratives that foster communities. If you want to enter to that space, Web 3.0, as I said, is all about community. The community is behind the Web 3.0. So in order for you to succeed, to create a cultural relevance into that space, you have to build narrative that's fostering that community. And for that, you need to co-create with them. Co-creating with the community you're gonna deep the connection with your consumers. You're gonna create together, and when you create together, you flip everything, because you're having the community and your client working together. So it flips everything, and that's the massive shift we will see. Making brand equal to the communities, not using the community as just an engaging point of driving conversation, but actually, creating that equality between your brand and your community. It's going to flip everything, and that's very exciting. Consider new identities and communities. As I mentioned before, communities are very, very, very fragmented. They are plural, they are not single. In Web 3.0, we're going to have more challenge because we're going to have the avatars. and the avatars, we can have multiple avatars. So I can be Mara, real life as I'm here now. But I can have three avatars into the Web3 space. So that will be more of a challenge for us to actually how to create stories that impact, that has a culture relevant, that has a context that's engaged. Because we're going to be dealing with you know one person having three other different avatars. So but the good news is data will help you to navigate it to that. So the data is how you're gonna be able to identify who are all these personas and how to engage with them. There's a huge opportunity here for us and for brands to create new ways of engaging because there will be so many different identities and this we need to see, see as an opportunity, although it will be a challenge, but an opportunity for us to think outside of the box. Based on all the studies that we have been doing at Imaging Power, we created that ecosystem chart to actually give you more clarity of the Web3 ecosystem. So Web3O brands must act for a consistent position to a multi-layer fragmented community. What that means, is that an integrated approach between communities and data will be key for brands to follow behavior change because our behavior as a is changing constantly. Every time, every we're changing the way we behave, the way we engage, the way we want to experience content. Web 3.0 will be much more about a hybrid reality than a virtual reality, and I love that. So just remember that Web 3.0 will be more about hybrid reality rather than a virtual reality. This means we will be communicating across multiple spaces at the same time. It's a massive shift. The takeaway here is Web 3.0 will be about community data-driven storytelling. This is how brands will be able to create a culture credibility within Web 3.0. Cultural credibility in a multi-layered space. The three takeaways for you to do that. Meaning behind your storytelling. Create a story that's a purpose, that's engaged and is relevant to your community. Co-create to drive the cultural change. Be part of cultural causes. I love the example of Patagonia. I'm not sure if everyone had the opportunity to see the talk of the CEO of Patagonia. Patagonia is a great example of a brand that's typing to a social cause. So it's less about the product, but it's more about the purpose of Patagonia as a brand. And this is a great example of a brand trying to get in a context of culture to create an impact. And of course, data will lead this process and data will support every brand to navigate into this fragmented Community and how we engage through NFT, blockchain, metaverse, all of new technologies, innovation that's coming through this new era of the internet. And my question to you all after seeing my presentation is how you impact this shift yourself as a brand, as a human. Thank you so much. Hope you have enjoyed. I'm not sure if we have time to do Q&A. Do we? Okay, questions, anyone? Do we need uh, to give her a microphone? (laughs) (laughs) And and is it tall?
3: I don't know if it... Okay, oh, there it goes, because I'm, like, short. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on the metaverse, uh, just seeing that your agency has worked with Crocs, correct? Um, For me, my clients want to work in the metaverse, but I haven't really seen the metaverse do anything that brings a lot of, like relevance truthfully like people do activations on the metaverse but i haven't really seen the metaverse actually be a place where people are really going to like video games like when you do online video games like there is a community in online video games it's a space that you can actually like play in and people really gravitate towards that but like when it comes to the metaverse and a brand i haven't really seen people really go back to it you know it's like oh i go there i click around but i don't really see a lot of like groundbreaking engagement with the metaverse so I was just curious of like where you see the metaverse like because right now it's kind of in an infancy stage like where do you see it growing to in the future and how do brands really like connect with the metaverse and actually make an impact
0: thank you so much for for a question very relevant question yes as I said metaverse is too you know it's it's very new to all of us to brands and agencies. but in order to enter that space, you need to have a value. What's your value proposition, right? So why do we want to enter to that space? Because that's what's happening. A lot of brands, when you see that it's a new technology, like Metaverse, everyone wants to get in, right? Because it's a trend, because everyone is doing. But to get into it without having a purpose and without knowing why you're entering that space. And most important, understand if you're consumers, I actually read it and ed- educated to actually engage, as you said, to that platform. Because it's not just about brands wanting to go to the innovation, but also understand your community. Is your community ready to get to that space? Your consumer is already educated. Is there a need of your consumers to go to that space? It's all about test and learn. And when we think about metaverse, I think I always love to say that, it's, let's, talk, let's say metaverse is a, a virtual experience, right? Because when we say metaverse, we have that impression that we're going to have to have the big glasses and we have to have, you know, like a, a technology to have to access it to it. And actually it's the, the opposite. It's all about creating virtual experience. And the example of Nike, of the experience that my son had, is a great example of Nike creating a virtual space that is engaging that generation that is into basketball. So they, they found a purpose. They found the meaning of engaging with... Uh, Consumers that they know are very in into training of basketball. So I think it's all about, you know, before we go, really understand who is your customers and are they ready? And if not, start educating them. Because otherwise, that is a lot of investment that goes through it. And they're not going to have the return of investment. And I think it's where we need to to be very careful when, when considering it. But I'm a big fan of test and learn. I think that's, uh, you know, like when we go back to when TikTok launched, uh, there was a lot of you know, myths about TikTok only being for a young generation and Gen Zero brands didn't want to go to TikTok at all. and Now you see what happened with TikTok. So like if you're a brand and if you're not on the TikTok, so like you're not a brand. So you have to establish a presence. But it's all about test and learn, but having a clear value proposition and why you're doing. Welcome. Hi, Jane Johnson. I'm a behavioral strategist, and as I was thinking about um, how humans are becoming more dynamic, how we're all being encouraged to bring our whole selves to work and beyond, and as we are able to
2: develop avatars that are different for, say, each of those personalities that we put forward, I might be a different Jane at work than I am at home with my friends than I am out in
1: the world at a hot rod show, whatever. <laughs> so as, um, as a brand strategist,
2: as a behavioral strategist, how should we expect to change the way we approach
0: building personalities for segmentation and targeting when people are being encouraged to bring those different personalities that might not be their wallet-holding personality to the table? There, there, another great question. We, are, we, are, we, we, as an agent, we are, we are as well trying to, 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 to figure that out. Uh, with the thing with the avatar, it's great to think that we're going to be able to have you know, uh, multiple avatars, and now it's, when we think about strategy, we're going to have to think about direct-to-consumer and direct-to-avatar, right? So there's a new terminology, okay, what's the strategy for direct-to-consumer and what's the strategy for direct-to-avatar? But wait a second, the direct-to-avatar, you can be four avatars, For like do I have to create you know, a direct-to-avatar strategy for, for all of you? So it is going to be a challenge, and that's why data comes to play a huge part of it. Because with the Web 3.0, we're gonna have that decentralization of data. So we're gonna have more access to data and how we deal with data. And I don't know how to answer your question precisely, because as I said, we're always trying to navigate into that space. But what I can tell you that in order for us to you know, create we're gonna to have to use data to 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 support us. And but I see it there's a, of course there's a lot of talks around like mental health and how this will impact on like me being myself and then on as an avatar or be a completely different person and how I'm gonna distinguish reality to you know to virtual space. But I feel that we can see this as an opportunity as well, right? Rather than just getting to look at to, to the challenge, but this is something that we are navigating as we go along, and it's all about test and learn. Because at the moment, we don't know if each individual are having more than one avatar. We, we it's all assumptions at the moment, so we don't know if people actually will be engaged to have similar, you know, like different multiple layers of avatars. You're welcome.
4: Hello, and uh, thank you so much for that uh, presentation. Uh, very insightful. I
3: appreciate you. your time.
4: Thank uh, you. I have a sort of a broad question and kind of digging uh, into the co creation process uh, with communities. Um, you know, there's uh, a, a lot of stories within a particular community. So, uh, can you share any strategy or a method of how to listen, uh, maybe in collaboration with the influencers or, or, or community leaders, um, how do you get to that story? How do you get to that collaboration and and, and um, you know, building a story that will resonate with the whole community?
0: Yeah, thank you for your question. Thank you for being here. So the way we are working through co-creations, um, through the example I've gave you, but we have done that many times with all the clients and, and, and brands that we work with is on the, on the case study of Stripes, we brought together a few influencers that they're already talking about the menopause and premenopause. We wanted to bring the influencers and getting them to connect real time with their community. What, what that means, doing the process that we are co-creating that brand with Stripes, and again, we do that with all the brands, it's engage their community through stories to live on tiktok live on instagram but real time and be very open and transparent about what we are what the influencers are doing at the moment of their co-creation process so we get influencers to go live on tiktok live on instagram and say i'm here with a brand and we are co-creating a product and a service and we wanted you my community to be part of this process throughout the three days we're gonna be engaging with you and asking questions about what do you want to see as a product if you want to come to create a product for Menopause? What, how do we want to see that product display? How do we, what are the, the, the stories that we want to see this product? So it's really engaging the community at real time. And Reddit is our other platform that you can engage community real time. So uh, the, the process of co-creation needs to be very transparent. And the influencer, what they do, they bridge, right? Because to access this community, we need to have the influencer. Because otherwise, we're not gonna be able to actually to bridge the brand and community in order to actually co-create something together. And of course, Reddit, you not necessarily need to have the influencer on the bridge, but Reddit is like Morocco forum that can help you as well. Uh, but I think the, the, the key point here is to that transparency of getting the community to feel that they are part of that co-creation. And then when we do it, and launch the product like we did with Stripes, is continue to engage with that community for them to feel proud that they have co-created something that's created an impact within their communities.
4: Thank you, and a, and a quick follow-up there. Um, uh, so with this interaction, uh, you mentioned also the dominance of hybrid, um, Sort of uh, work or not work, but uh, it's a hybrid
0: reality interaction. rather than virtual reality. Yes. Yes.
4: Uh, so, uh, how does the the real life in real life portion of that uh, conversation best fostered? Uh, maybe uh, in addition to those, you know, um, uh, live streams on TikTok or whatever platform, uh, maybe one or two good examples of a in real life way that we can interact with that community?
0: In real life. It's creating experience. I think it's all about, you know, but as I said at the beginning of my presentation, like we as a human now, more than ever, we want to experience the content we're consuming, right? So if you're like throwing down Instagram or TikTok and you actually consume that certain type of content, we now have, you know, that need of experience, the same content in real life. So it's how do you translate that, real, that virtual you know, experience into a, re, a IRL experience that is gonna connect it and have that seamless uh, experience. But one thing that we need to consider that before pandemic, we used to see experience and events in a certain way. After COVID, it's very different. We want to have more unique experience. We wanted to have more exclusive experience rather than have an experience that everyone is having at the same time so I think that shift a lot and you know creating that sense of presence of belong on exclusivity it's very important when we think about bringing your content to actually a real uh, experience and you can do that through events to dinners to pop ups so there's so many you know layers that you can unlock on, on, on creating experience but that's Web 3.0 oh, is all about being hybrid, it's not going to be one thing or another. You're going to have to combine the both. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, I was super excited.
2: I'm a Brazilian engineer.
0: Oh, I work nice at the Amazon rainforest. What's your name, Caroline?
2: Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So, well, my question is about data. I, I really like data driven decisions, but I think the way, like the clicks and those engagement metrics, I have a lot of doubts how much you transform data into insights and also how do you navigate and correlate different data lakes and different data methodologies. I used to work for Nestle and we had like statistics, data scientists, but when I worked at Uber, we have a different set of professionals. So in terms of governance, what I don't know if you can share how you recruit data specialists for your team and also within the client, how, 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 do you have an example of someone that's it's crossing those limits from data, like real data? And not bullshit data into to insight, <laughs> and also being able to 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 get this deeper information that sometimes you only get, in like deep interviews and and deep, deeper connection information to do that.
0: I don't know. I'm, I'm I, I think
2: it's super important, but I don't know how to do it.
0: Uh, great question. Andrea is looking at me like she's my 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 data-driven you know person at MG Power. So, how we do at Imaging Power? Like, we have our own proprietary platform. We have been developing for around almost a year, and uh, we we hired, you know, an incredible guy that came from Bloomberg, and he's actually developing our own proprietary platform because we, as an agency, we're having the same issues and questions that you're having. So, there's so many platforms out there that can support with, with, with data, but it's not every platform that can give you all, because we're not looking just for vanity metrics anymore. So we need to look much for, further than just the views, you know, the impressions. So it's how you combine the vanity, but with the metric that's really matter for you to actually create the impact. So we are lucky that we have our own technology platform where we can track customer journey, we can track just from not just from social, but also on e-commerce, so doing both, we'll be able to actually go deep into the layers of data and understand the whole ecosystem of customer journey. Yeah, but if you want to know more about data or a platform, that lady over there, she's, she's, she's leading that at MG Power. she will be able to give a lot of insights.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much for a great talk, it was really Thank insightful you. and Thank inspiring. Thank you so much. So I work, I have a podcast that I do, and we really leaned into online community over the pandemic, which was fantastic. But we've seen people have a lot of Zoom fatigue. So I was wondering what ideas you have in this post-pandemic world to keep up online communities, understanding the like fallout that we experienced through the pandemic, too.
0: Uh, just... And I go back to the same, you know, the same thing that I said in my presentation. You have to create stories that is actually getting the cultural impact to that community that you're trying to, to reach. So if you're having a podcast, do you have your own podcast? Yes, I do. Yeah. What's the name of your podcast?
2: It's called Dateable. What do you, what do
0: you mo- talk about it? Uh, your modern
2: pod- Dating and Relationships.
0: Okay, great. So... Bumble is our client, so we work with Bumble. It's a dating app, so I'm going you know, to get them to see your podcast. So if we're talking about the specifically theme, so you know the community that you're trying to type in, right? So you're trying to type into community that into relationship, or they want to share about relationship, So, but in order for you to actually succeed and engage that community, you need to create an impact. And how do you create an impact? Think of themes of your podcast that's gonna be interest to your community. It's all go back to the topic, the story, and the impact that you're creating with that community. If you know their interest and why they are actually listening to your podcast, you have to nurture that. But most important, listen to them. Listen to the feedback, listen to the reviews and use that feedback and reviews to actually help you to actually getting better content, better stories. It's all about getting the learnings and listen to your community to continue to do better. You're welcome. Done? Again, thank you so much for everyone that's been here. Very grateful, thank you so much.